Welcome to the Shoot in the Cube podcast, the podcast that's hotter than your competition cooker and your first wife. We'll be talking barbecue and more with one of the top pitmasters in the game. Get ready for juicy tips, saucy tricks, and sizzling stories that'll leave you hungry for more. Let's start shooting the cube. Here's your host, Heath Riles. How's it going, everybody? Today, we're joined by my lovely wife, Candace, and of course, our good friend, Carrie Chastine out of Georgia. Carrie, how are you today? Doing well. Enjoying this lovely spring weather. Hey, well, it could be a lot worse. I think we're going to get a little rain tomorrow. Gone by Saturday. We're good. That's right. Well, tell everybody who you are and how you got into barbecue. Uh, Carrie Chastine with Hold Your Horses Barbecue. Uh, started cooking a local contest in town and cooked it for two years and didn't do real well and decided if I was going to, I needed to learn something and get better at it. And went back the next year and beat the first instructor I had. And uh, then I went to one of your classes and the rest has kind of gone down the road. Well, there's nothing wrong with that. What, um, well, what do you do outside of barbecue? Well, I ran a trucking company for 35 years and uh, now I'm just barbecuing. So you're barbecuing full-time now, just retired, I guess, and just barbecuing full-time? Pretty much, until the funds run out, and then we'll do something else. But I have questions. So what, what made you just say, I want to go barbecue? Well, Was there I, something that happened? I enjoyed it. Uh, Anybody you knew, somebody you knew got you in it, or just well, thought you wanted to try it? My nephew had cooked a contest in Thomaston, Georgia, Smoke on the Water, and mm-hmm. uh, he got me to come help him, and the next year... He wanted me to go cook it, and we kind of had a $100 bet who would finish better, and I beat him and kind of went from there. <laughs> well, there's nothing wrong with that. And uh, what nephew was that? Uh, Doug Maslin that cooked with me for a couple of years. And, and that's what I was thinking. I didn't know if he was your nephew, but I knew, I'd met Doug before when I'd mm-hmm. come to Georgia several times. Seemed like a really, really genuine guy. Oh, yeah. Uh, great guy. Miss him now. Uh, but since he got married, that was into his cooking. <laughs> <laughs> well, Carrie, that happens to a few of them old boys, you and, know. And now they're fixing to have their first child. So, well, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, you know, our little one here has slowed me down a little bit that we just had. I'm, I'm not running the road, to, which you know that brings it up. How many contests are you going to cook this year? Between thirty and forty. See, and that's what I was about to say when I was cooking between thirty and forty. Wait. Well, not you didn't go most of those. You, you went to probably almost say. Maybe half, you know, around here. They run all the way up with me and everywhere when I run out and gone. But it was uh, it's a long, hard road. It I mean, is, that many contests. I, can, I came from North right. Carolina straight here. I haven't even been home this week. Oh, wow. And you had to pass that way to get here, right? No. You just come down I around. just came straight across the across. I-40. Well, yeah. So I'm really that. hoping that meat arrives tomorrow like it's supposed to. I have never gone to a contest with an empty cooler. <laughs> well, that maybe I hope it does arrive tomorrow. So for everybody, uh, Carrie's ordered meat and shipped to my house uh, here to come into town. And right now UPS has delayed the delivery again today. So uh, if not, I guess we're going to be getting in my freezer and getting the uh, private stash out, the Heath Rouse Reserve, and uh, and letting Carrie have it for the weekend. Um, and so you used to run a trucking company outside of barbecue and all. You know, anything else, any other hobbies or anything like that y'all enjoy doing? Well, my wife shows horses very competitively all over the country, uh, and I still try to go to some of those with her, and occasionally she gets to go to some of the bigger contests with me. Um, I assume that's where the team name came from or something different. Actually, that came from my great-grandmother. Oh. She was in her 90s when I was a kid, 
and uh, growing up on Sundays, we would go to her house for dinner after church, and she'd always be standing in the front window of the kitchen in a big bread flour chest. That she had a big bread bowl, and she'd be working on making cornbread or hoe cake or something, and you'd run through the kitchen and ask Mama when dinner would be ready, and she'd always tell us to hold your horses. You can't rush perfection. So sure. that's, that's where it came from. Gotcha. You know, I, I think a lot of older people use that yeah. term before, hold your horses. Now that you're thinking that, I can remember my grandmother saying that, hold your horses. Exactly. Hold up a minute. Let's yeah. just, just settle take down. A, yeah, settle down. Hold off just a yeah. second. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was, uh, well, you didn't mess with the older ladies in the kitchen back then hey, either. No. You'd <laughs> get don't. smacked. And, and you know, you, the, my grandmother didn't want you coming in there trying to snack before Mm-mm. it was time to eat. No. She did not go for that. My mom's that way now. <laughs> really? Yeah. I mean, you know, and it's kind of good because as a cook ourselves, do you snack while you're eating sometimes at home? Occasionally. Depends I mean. on what I'm fixing. Us too. If it's fried okra, yeah, I'll start popping some okra. <laughs> it's hard not to do it on hot, fresh fried okra. But it's the same way. We're terrible. I'd say when we're grating cheese for a salad or oh yeah, yeah. Or, or you know anything, you got to taste the cheese. You got to you know anything you're cutting up, uh, anything like that. But yeah, my grandmother, she didn't believe in that either. And uh, I'm sure your grandmother was like mine. It was always going to be biscuits or cornbread at every meal, uh, some form or fashion, well, three times a day. Yeah, they don't make them like they used to. These young ones, you know, they don't they don't get in there and bake them biscuits and cornbread. But I don't need it either. Well, after 32 years, my wife has finally discovered how to make cheese biscuits. Really? <laughs> yeah. She makes yeah. pretty good drop cheese biscuits. Them good old drop biscuits good. You like drop biscuits, don't you, honey? I do. I like them when, when France makes them. When France makes them? <laughs> yeah. He makes a really good one. He does. Um, you know, talking about food, what's some of the best foods you've had while traveling for barbecue? I ask every cook that because everybody's got different answers. Or should I say, what, what, because you go back to the, some of the same contests year after year. Let me rephrase my question. What are some of the places you're going to go and grab a lunch or dinner at year after year that you really like their food that you're going to go back to? Probably some really good Mexican restaurants because we generally have Mexican on Friday. But as far as the best food I've ever had at a contest, we did a potluck down at Pig Jig site back four years ago, and we cooked some three-and-a-half-pound tomahawk ribeyes. And those three steaks fed 60 people. Really? Yes. And it was the most amazing experience I'd ever had in my life. Jack Fallon cooked them for us, and we seared them at 600 degrees for about 20 minutes and then put them into the back of the cooker. It still took another hour to get them to a medium rare. Wow. Because they were that thick. That sounds very, very good. Those were – it's hard to beat a good tomahawk. Were they Wagyu? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, yeah, the butcher shop is, you know, I know that's where you ship your meat from I, and get your meat, right? I tell you what, it's a darn good thing I don't live close to them because, you know, I go through there and pick up 90% of my meat, and every time I come home, I bring home some great stuff, and it is so fun to play with it at the house and cook. Well, every time we go to Florida on vacation ourselves, we're the same way. We pick up stuff from Kevin, and I have people that come from that way all the time that bring me stuff. And, and of course, Kevin will ship me surprise boxes sometimes. Well, you know, I came home the other day and opened my cooler, and there was a surprise in the cooler. Eldon had loaded coolers and had no idea and got home and had Denver steaks and uh, flank steaks. It's hard to beat a good Denver steak, man. Yes, it is. That's an excellent, excellent cut of beef. You know, going back to barbecue season, how's the comp season going so far for you this year? 
This year, we started off pretty well. Uh, came out, started down in Florida in January, had some good comps. Uh, we've been real consistent with a lot of top fives, overalls. And up until this week, we were running number one. But Urkel passed us when he left North Carolina and went to Connecticut on Sunday morning and uh, pulled away. Cooked up there and managed to ease in front of us. I mean, well, yeah, it's early in the year. It doesn't really matter at this point. But Well, until you get to September, that's October, right. that's, that's right. when the bar is really set. That's we right. all know it. Yeah. I mean, right now it doesn't really matter because, I mean, people are just now starting to drop comps and some are still adding to. And, but it's fun to see your name at the top of the categories and, and the list because I'd never been there before. It is. It's a feeling like no other. I'll say that. That year I went on a tear for KCBS and MBN. I would have given anything if I could have just – I won the MBN team of the year. I could have given anything to, to double up on both of them and cook a short amount of contests because I won five grands out of ten KCBS I cooked, I think. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it, I had a 50% batting average there. So That was, that was in mean, 19 when we were up in Murfreesboro. Yeah, that 19 was a hell of a year. Yes, it I mean. was. Well, I say that. You know, 2014, 15, 16, 17, 18, all those were good years for me. I but, mean, I, but 19 was phenomenal. Yeah, 19 was a good year winning that contest. We had a that. great time up there. Are y'all coming back to Murfreesboro? I don't know. I haven't gotten my schedule that far into it yet. You'll have to just see wherever the cards fall. Right. I always like to ask, what do you have a favorite contest every year that you look forward to? It, or maybe more than one. But Yeah, that's more than one. Murfreesboro is one I always want to go back to. Yeah. Uh, the fact that the last time I was up there, I got to sit for two hours and talk to Mr. Pat Burke. Mm-hmm. I mean, he is just one of my heroes. Yeah. Uh, and there's so much wealth of knowledge within him. There is. You know, the fact that he made 42 straight fi- hog finals cooking on a cinder block pit, that'll never be done again. No, it won't. Uh, it won't. And that's just a cool contest. And the fact that we got some of those big first place apples sitting on the mm-hmm. house, anytime you can add to those, that's cool. I also enjoy Galax. That's one I look forward to every June. I'm coming. Good deal. I'm rolling out. You heard me say it here. Good July. Deal. We'll have fun. I'm going. <laughs> Rib only. I'm going. Sit in the parking lot in that Yeti chair and have a cold beer, and we're going to cook some ribs in Virginia. I told everybody I was going to come, and I'm not going back out. I'm, I'm going to roll. You know, I, I just love going up there. You know, end, end of June, it's upper 70s. You can't ask for better weather. The crowds are huge. Wonder It's a huge economic impact for the town. And, you know, I sat there last year just behind the trailer in that vacant lot. And there was 20 people picking and playing music behind me, and one would quit and another one jump in the circle. And it was just fun just sitting there listening to them play. It, it was. It's a great uh, great small town. Everybody in oh. town takes a, a part in it some kind of way. And, and even, did you go in the little cafe that has breakfast and they stay open 24 hours a day? The little, it's got one bar yeah. in it, like an old the, school. Yeah. The burgers are still like, what, a dollar fifty a piece. Or some ridiculous amount. Uh, and you, the griddle, and the griddle's about as dark and seasoned. As I don't you know if the griddle's ever been cut off. <laughs> it's, it it runs continuously. It gets cut up and wow. down. But uh, I know an egg sandwich was a dollar and a quarter. Yeah. The last time I was there, well, they egg, almost, eggs have gone up. Well, eggs have gone up. You're exactly right. But as far as KCBS, one of mine is Greenwood in July. Greenwood, which uh, Greenwood, South Carolina Festival of Discovery. I've always heard 
great things about that you contest. Know, it's, it's 90 teams. The tent, the whole town shuts down the downtown area. They have put in all the infrastructure for it. You can walk to everywhere. The crowds are huge. There's 30,000 people wandering through. Wow. The money's good. Never been to that one. And it is just a fantastic contest. Maybe we'll wow. make it up every one of these days, and That does sound – that's a big – I've never yeah. cooked any contest over – in Where? South Carolina, I hadn't. I hadn't been to South Carolina cooked or North Carolina. No. Maybe one of these days, for sure. Well, you know, talking about cooking, what's your favorite category to cook? I love brisket. The fact that I'm good at it, it just helps out, but I love cooking brisket. Three years of I can't cook chicken, I pretty well like chicken now, too. <laughs> <laughs> you know them chicken legs will change you, man, Carrie. Yes, they will. They will change you, man. I, I, you're, you're one of the ones that honestly listened about chicken legs. And, well, and still. it was that contest at Murfreesboro when you won 80 chicken that day, and I had come over and tried yours. You said you liked my flavor better, but your texture was so phenomenal. And once I learned what that texture needed to be in my mouth, it didn't take me long to figure them out. That's right. Everybody said my chicken recipe didn't quit hitting. I said, well, I'm going to cook it. I'm going to show y'all. <laughs> <laughs> I remember shouting that to somebody. I'm not going to call their name. That was pretty funny. Uh, well, what category gives you the most fits? Up until this year, for the last year and a half, it had been ribs. Kind of have gotten that turned around this year. We've had some wins in ribs and done really well. And up until this week, we were leading rib category. And we're still pretty close. So, um, really happy with where I'm at with ribs right now. So, now the one thing that I'm struggling a little bit with is pork. You know. <laughs> and that's after being so strong for so long, I never thought about it. Well, pork's always that, I think, that afterthought of the contest. It's the one that don't get the most attention. You're worried about that $200 cut of beef. You're worried about that delicate rib. You're worried about nailing your chicken first out of the gate because you got to get a good chicken score to get in the hunt. Well, the chicken only needs to be good because it's not going to hurt you because a 175 can be 15th in chicken. And as long as you're 173, 174, 175 in chicken, you're fine. That's right. Oh. Uh, because these days it takes a 177 damn near to place in chicken. That's, uh, yeah, you're right. I used to base mine on 173 was a target number. Not if anymore. It, not anymore. It's moved up. I was I was 176 the other day and was 14th. Wow. In an 85 team field. Well, I mean, that's respectable, though, that yeah. big of a field. I mean, to be 14th and it be that close, I mean, that's, that's, that's respectable. We see scores at Memphis in May. That's why they added another decimal point. Or another number on the decimal point because you would see so many ties. It'd be six, seven ties, four, five ties, two, three ties, you know, and having to rank them out. And that's kind of – you add that other number in there, it does kind of fix that situation to kind of alleviate some of the ties. Well, what have you done to try to combat pork, you know, talking about that? Are you going back to some of your roots or are you just – Actually, I was looking back through notes last week. And I made one little slight change. I thought pork was good last week. The table I hit, I couldn't help, but I thought pork was really good, so we're going to rerun that. Yeah. It's back to what I was running last year when I 180 South Haven. Yeah. Well, I think now pork turned into mostly what all money muscle and Pretty a much. little bit of bacon or bacon or pulled tubes. Pulled tubes. I mean, and that's a lot easier than what it used to be for me, right? I mean, we used to do all those tubes and plugs and cook all this and that. I think it's funny how it changes, it, it like, is, through the years. Oh, yeah. It's, it's like, changed so much. Well, as they change the rules and you don't yeah. have to cook as much. And, you know, Brad Leininger shows up at a contest. He flies into with eight eight money muscles in a bag and his carry-on. 
and goes and finds ribs and yeah and chicken pork somewhere. Yeah, not pork. Brings, right, a br- brings a brisket flat and eight money mussels. And goes and finds ribs somewhere and chicken. I mean, nothing wrong with that. I, I think a man that can cook out of a out of a bus tub and a cooler is pretty deadly. Yeah. Once he dials his stuff yeah. in. And, and you take away the big trailers, and I have a nice trailer, you have a nice trailer, but you take all of that out of the way, and you give a man one cooker, tell him that's all he have, and you give him a knife roll and the seasons, and that's all. And I guarantee you'll figure it out. Look at Drew with razor racks. One damn drum and steel grand's a thing. Yeah. yeah. We cooked Lake Wells, Florida this year. Verge, on the verge of not having enough teams. So Teddy Camp, which was Darren Worth and Jeff Vanderline and them, they split up. They borrowed a trailer from uh, Chad. We gave. Well, Jeff broke off and done it, right? Yeah. Jeff went off and cooked separate on the trailer. Uh, he took uh, took a collar off a of People's Choice money, but money muscle. We had a cold rack of ribs that we gave him. He went to the store and bought 10 or 12 pieces of chicken, and uh, he wound up winning ribs with that one damn rack. Oh, he cooked a, he cooked a brisket point that he borrowed from Uncle Toad. Uh, was third in pork, I think maybe ninth or tenth in chicken, and finished third overall. <laughs> He called me after that. He sure did. I remember he said, you're not going to believe what I did. Well, we were in the trailer that night making up injections for him because he didn't have anything. Because Darren had brought everything and just brought what he needed, and he didn't have anything. So we went through your box of stuff, and we fixed him up. Well, he uses that injection himself. He'll tell you he, uh, he's he been using my pork injection for several, several years. Well, he said I ran a different ratio, but he said it was pretty darn good. He uh he's a he's a hell of a guy. Oh, he is hell of a guy. Well, you know, talking about the category that gives you the most trouble and 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 the one you've had the most success with, um, you know, and, and talking about the averages and all that. What nowadays, from when you started cooking to now, you know, Candace was talking about has changed so much. What are some of the biggest changes? I guess the pros sheer, and cons of the changes so far with everything. The sheer volume of what we cook. Is so much less now. You know, coming from GBA and MBN side, you know, where we cooked eight butts for a contest, a minimum of 12 racks of ribs. No, we 16, nine shoulders over here. Well, you know. <laughs> so much meat left over. But you had so much that you cooked, and you had so much to process on the cutting table. You know, now I'm cooking four collars. I cook three racks of ribs, twelve pieces of chicken, and a brisket flat. Three racks of ribs, you said. I mean, and, I, and, I think you get a lot better. And a, and a brisket point. When my wife says, "I want some burn ends, bring them home, and I'll cook one." I finally, uh, I hate to even say this. I had a couple, uh, three brisket points get ruined, or four get ruined. The ones I had cut off and saved and vacuum sealed. I guess the vacuum broke. Um, it wasn't sealed good enough, and That's I noticed terrible. they were freezer burnt, and I was like, "Oh no!" and uh, you know, I went to rotate and stuff and getting it to the top, and I was like, oh, no. I had to make room for more ribs. You know, I'm loading up, getting practicing for Memphis. Right. Everybody always makes a lot of fun of me I've cooking. Got, I've got one freezer full of ribs at the house. I mean, it just, yeah, it don't take long. It don't take long at all. What Four freezers at home, just in case. You know, wonder. You know, I'm, I'm at three. Well, well, so my question, what are some of the pros and cons or plus and minuses, whatever you want to look at, of everything you've seen change from then till now? Well, the cost of meats have gone up so much. The fact that I can cook a little less week after week helps. Uh, I feel like the less I cook, the more attention I pay to it, and the better my end product is. You know, 
just knocking off one rack of ribs. You know, you got 30 minutes to process four racks and get a box built. You know, you take away one rack, you just save five minutes in your process. That's a good way to look at it. So, you know, that is one of the biggest changes for me. That and going from when I started cooking everything low and slow to now where I'm cooking hot and fast. And nothing like that hot and fast, is it? It isn't. <laughs> you know, that outlaw hums, it likes 300, 350, real easy. It, it love it. It loves it. Loves it. What is the biggest misconception about competition barbecue, do you think? That you have to stay up all night cooking stuff low and slow. You know, when we do classes at Rec Tech Academy, you get so many people coming in, and they're they're cooking pork butts 16, 20, 28 hours. I mean, all them people cooking them six-hour ribs, ain't they? Three, two, one. Three, yeah. two, one. And, you know, my ribs are done in two hours and 50 minutes to three hours and 10 minutes. And then they're going into Cambro resting. And I can guarantee you I'm putting a good one out there. Yeah. Ain't, ain't, well, how? Um, what's the craziest thing that has ever happened to you since traveling and cooking across the country? <laughs> Capital City Cook-Off, Montgomery, Alabama, three years ago. We were down there uh, by the train depot. I had just trimmed. This was when I was still working, so I never got to a contest with anything trimmed, and I'd always trim when I got there. Just trim my brisket and separate the point and flat, put them in a pan. Bobby... Stanfield from BNS came by the trailer and said, come help me with something. Didn't think a thing about it. Rocco was in his bed in the front corner of the trailer asleep. <laughs> and I come back, and the brisket flat is laying in the floor between his front legs, and there's about that much of that flat left. And I wind up going to Walmart and cooking a $34 choice after that dog just ate $190 A9 <laughs> and got 16th place with it. <laughs> I bet, uh, I guess, is Rocco with you this weekend? No. Uh, he passed away. Yeah, that was. That's right. Yeah. Uh, That's right. But, you know, the funny thing that evening, Myron came up and hugged my neck and he said, You know what? He said, Don't be mad at the dog. He's just doing what a dog does and eats. Well, that's exactly what I was sitting <laughs> here thinking. And, you and, couldn't be mad at him. No. <laughs> and, and, and Sunday, when I came home, he came bounding through the door. Melissa said, You know, I'm really kind of glad to see him. I didn't think he was coming home. <laughs> <laughs> well, talking about that, what's your proudest moment in barbecue? So far, hmm. that's a couple of them. Uh, one was winning my brisket at Murfreesboro and getting an apple, uh, my fourth place hog at the pig jig, and my first KCBS grand in Franklin, North Carolina. A man never forgets his first grand championship. No, so are you going back to that contest? Yeah, it's no longer, no longer it's gone away, man. But if it was here, oh, yeah. And that's why I go to Murfreesboro. I had had so many reserves on the KCBS side and doing other things and all that. Murfreesboro was actually my first grand championship in 2013. Well, I'd had other other grands, but that was the first one in KCBS, and it took me 43 to get them. 43. Wow. I'm going to say I I was probably the same. Well, 30, I don't know. A funny stat that came up, uh, 44 is the average in KCBS. Really? Mm Mm-hmm. Now, you just told me something I didn't know. Uh, Childs and I were talking about that I don't know, last year, year before last, and he said when you go through all the stats and run the numbers, 44 is the average for the first grand. Boy, Childs is intelligent as they come. Very, very knowledgeable guy. Guy. He, is, he is good with data he and is. numbers. Man, he's meticulous when it comes oh, to he, recipes. He, he he is a professor in the cook trailer. Yes. And the yes. science behind everything. Yes. Yes, you're right. He is – He's a great guy. He took a class from me years ago, and uh, he's still running the same brisket recipe. 
well, he and came, stays in the top. Well, he came up to me. I guess it was last year we were at a contest. He says, you having trouble with your brisket? And I said, no. He says, man, I can't get it done. I said, Charles, you're at sea level. It's different when you're up north and cooking at elevation. You're at sea level. Some bitch got first and I got second. <laughs> I, I, you know what? And you're talking about sea level and all that. Every year when we go to Galax, Virginia, it mm-hmm. took me how many you years did alter I say? Your cook you, times there. You, you've got to cook it a it, little it longer. It took me a couple of years to figure Galax out because yeah. you get up in that elevation, things yeah, are not different. the same. Nope. It ain't. You're staring at the clouds right in your face when you get up on top of Galax. Well, there. the thing of it is, it just finishes sooner at a lower temp. And, you know, two years ago, I wasn't even close to thinking about checking my brisket, and I went and checked it, and hell, it was overcooked. Yeah, it don't take and long. I, and I just had to set it out and let it cool Did you bath. ice bath it real fast? No, I just set it on yeah. the counter. Talking about that, have you ever had to shock a brisket or a well, pork I, butt? I, I have shocked money muscles. I had one that got away, pulled it 216. It just mushed. We threw it in a uh, cooler and then heated it back up. We pulled a sixth place out of 70 teams. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people don't understand just because you've overcooked something, you can save it. You can fix it. you got Sometimes. a few minutes if you know what yeah, you're doing, you but time. you got to have stuff cleared out, ready to go. Well, that's the thing, and that's why I like rest on my meats. Cause it me gives, too. It gives me time to let stuff relax and come back and gives me time to fix some errors if something does happen. Well, you know, if you take the fine dining approach and, you know, when you cook a steak – you don't just throw it on a plate right off the grill or whatever you're cooking on out of a skillet. You need to let it rest after you cook it for a good five to eight minutes, right? Mm-hmm. And if you do that, you've allowed those juices and everything, those muscles to kind of relax and suck back in the juice that it kind of pushes out because it's so hot, right? Mm-hmm. And I've the same way with those big cuts of meat, but when you overcook them, you just need to stop it. Don't let it keep going. So right. getting it in that ice bath is crucial. And I've saved ribs before, sticking them in top of a cooler. Oh, I've held them in the air conditioner in the trailer. Oh, yeah, we've done it all. I like the stories. Do you have any of the stories where you're like, that's just, this is garbage. I'm ashamed to turn this in. And then you're shocked by what you end up with. Yes, I, I have one of those for him, I, and he knows what I'm talking about. I, I had a chicken box the other day that I was absolutely ashamed of. And you ended up doing well with it, or a lot better than you yeah, thought? Yeah, we scored least. a 176 with it. Well, uh, see, that's what I'm th- talking about. I, th- right? I think we were fourth with it. I knew it ate well, but it was the ugliest damn chicken I'd ever co- cooked. It was blotchy. The sk- I had skin problems. I don't know what happened, but it ate good. I said, we're going to be okay. I might take some eights in appearance. I got all nines in appearance for one judge, and he gave me an eight seven seven. And uh, But, yeah, we scored a 176 with it, and we were third or fourth in chicken. Can't complain about that. I know what you're going to say. You're going to talk about South Haven Spring Fest? Mm-hmm. Brisket. Brisket. Yep. <laughs> I, Carrie, I was cutting this thing. It was crumbling. And you know how I cut. I hold it. My fingers are so <laughs> wide because I've got it trimmed to fifth the box to keep it from going and and i keep and it keeps crumbling on me and about halfway through the brisket i just stop and go it had a fat vein in the middle and i said i'm just forget it i'm not turning it in i'm I'm done and and left i out walked of out of the trailer and left it sitting on the counter she finished cutting and boxed it up and we got a perfect score <laughs> true story that's a true story uh-huh. and that hey you know what we got two 180s at contest and that brisket was one of them well i had one one time Brisket just flat tightened up on me. I mean, it was tough as shoe leather. 
That happened in a heartbeat. And I turned in a whole box of burn-ins. I turned in, it was either eight or, I think it was 16 burn-ins in a box. We managed a seventh place in brisket with it that day. If you've got a burn-in that is, you know, tender but not overdone, still has a little bit of chew in it, and you know it's not real stringy, you've kind of got the right thickness you want and all that, and you've got a good, sweet, savory blended sauce on it, you ain't got to send in no slices. A good barbecue judge is going to want those burn-ins, and they will score well. There's a lot of people that's pulled that move and turned in oh, yeah. burn-ins. Uh, happens all the time. They, uh, but, you know, so many contests anymore, I don't even cook a point because I've gotten so consistent and so good with my flat. And I don't want to give those judges a chance to knock me down a on lot, my fat. A lot of people do that, though. A lot yeah. of people don't want to take that because chance. Because in these Wagyu points, there's so much fat. And by the time you get it all rendered down, they just, some judges just knock you in the dirt. Yeah. Well, you know, at one point, I was trying to buy prime points. Well, and see, the Wagyu re- flats. see, the restaurant guys can do that, they bring them. But I don't have that option, and I can't afford that. No, you got to hook up with the right restaurant. So. A couple more questions or a few more. You know, for the ones that don't know, you bought my barbecue trailer. I do. So I thought I'd have to ask how many people come up to that trailer before you took the wrap off and put your wrap on and wanted to, wanted to talk to you or anything like that. The first couple of months, it was a bunch. I'd get knocks on the door. Is Heath here? Uh, can I talk to him? Or, you know, that kind of thing. And, and some of it was judges and some were just fans from your channels and stuff. Uh, and then not so much the last few months, but I'd, the biggest thing was everybody was giving me a hard time. But, oh, there's Heath. Uh, but, you don't know how many messages I got here Oh, I bet. from our social media team, and they were going, did you go to North Carolina this weekend? Was you in Georgia? Was you in Florida? And I'm like, no, we sold that trailer. Gary <laughs> has it. Oh, it was that was a good one. But how do you like the new wrap job? Your wrap looks really, really good. Really good. Really good. Yeah, you know, it took me a while to get everything together that I wanted, but I think it came together great. I, me and Candace were talking about your wrap the other day. I showed it to her online. I think it come together very good. Mm-hmm. It it uh it did. I really like the theme and the smoke that it went. It it looks very natural. You know, I I love that digital sp- smoke that you had on it i could not find that anywhere because i was going to use that same background i could not find it yeah and uh never could get that guy to call me back to get the code number on or anything else and so no, i don't just, even get me started i just started <laughs> looking and looking and that's actually a fog it's not a smoke really yes i'll be well what um who would you say that you look up to in the barbecue world pat burke you Thank you. Uh, Darren Worth has helped me along the way. Uh, Jim Berg's another one, being able to cook with him. Uh, there's been a lot of good people that's helped me coming along and very grateful for everything they've done, passed along knowledge, and I try to do the same on my end. I mean, I'm so giving with information. I try to be. I appreciate you for including me in such a wonderful group of gentlemen there because there's some – that's some good company to be included in at such a young age as I, you know, I say young age, hell I'm 44 now. <laughs> uh, but you know, to be included in that group of guys, I really appreciate that Carrie. It's, uh, well, you know, last year, well at Murfreesboro, 
Darren and Sherry were parked right behind me. And when I first got started, we were down at the Sonny's Invitational in uh, Ocala, Florida. And that was the year Darren had won King of the Smokers, the Jack, the Royal, and everything else. Was I there at that one? Probably. Uh, I was there at the zoo. Yes, I was there. And uh, See, everybody got sick from the, uh, what did they give out for a wild card cook or whatever? Oh, it was tri-tip. No, it was some kind of fish. No, that year it was tri-tip. Was it tri-tip? I'm thinking about another year. Everybody got sick. But anyway, I had, I had gone to Darren and talked to him that morning, and I said, you cook from one end of the country to the other, north to south, east to west. I said, how do you tweak your flavors based on where you're at? And he says, I don't. He says, I'm going to beat you with tenderness day in and day out. And, and I used to tell you the same thing, didn't well, I? Well, you know, but for a new cook, that was really important. And, uh, you know, when we were in Murfreesboro, Darren and Sherry were parked right behind us. And I went over and I said, you know, I just want to tell you, thank you for advice you gave me when I was getting started. And he says, it's still true today. And, you know, when we were standing there with the awards at the trailer after you just double granted, Darren came up and hugged my neck and leaned up to my ear and said, you beat me at my own damn game today. And that's one of my coolest stories ever. He's uh, he's given me some kudos before. And I'm going to tell you, Darren's a hell of a cook, man. Yes. That's the goat right there. I mean, he don't get the recognition he deserves because he don't care. Yeah, he's you know what I mean. He's not trying to do anything. Well, he set me down last year in Florida. Had no clue. He says, "When you get a chance, come see me." You know, Friday afternoon, I wander over. We sat down out there beside the jambo. He says, "I've been looking at your numbers." He says, "Your chicken's on point." He says, "You're averaging almost one seventy-five. You're cracking one eighties." He says, "Whatever you're doing, just leave it alone." He says, "But there's something in your brisket." You're getting lots of first and lots of 180s, but you'll back it up with a 166 or 168. And he says, you're too damn good a cook to be missing, missing texture that much. He says, there's something in your flavor profile that's offending some judges. And I went back and kind of reformulated it and pulled one out and added one product. And last year, I averaged like 174. He says, that's where you want to be. He says, you hit the right tables, you're going to pick those first places off. You're going to get some 180s, but you don't have the big swings and the scores that's right you got it's all about consistency is the key best middle of the road barbecue you can make <laughs> that's it now you know one thing that i that always always stuck in my head tuffy stone said something one time your food has got to eat, eat well cold. cold exactly if it's it, it, it's gonna be good hot everybody's mm-hmm. is mm-hmm but if your food will eat good cold you can win that contest day in day out the only meat that i think we ever get in Hot as chicken. Hot as chicken. Because, I mean, it comes right off the grate into the box and into the window, and it's going to the tables. I mean, I don't ever remember just judging and it thinking this meat's warm or this meat's hot. Besides, like, MBN on-site, which I've is had, no more. I've had some lukewarm ribs a couple of times. Yeah, I'd judged. say lukewarm, but, but never brisket, hot. No, but for brisket and pork, never. Mm-mm. Yeah, And that's across all. Like KCBS and NBN, uh, mm-hmm. either way, I haven't ever. Well, you almost have to, hot. and you may do it this way. I'm asking, you may or may or not want to say anything, but you almost had to overshoot that brisket to almost let it cool down to where it needs to be at. Because yeah. if you cook it just to the point of, you know, you just got it's all in your resting how your resting it does. stage is. It does. Depends on how you rest it in a cambro, not you, in a cambro. It depends on how you rest it and how long you rest it. Because see, like with my brisket, I've only got an hour. Anywhere from 55 to an hour and 15 minutes rest on So you, you're going to overshoot it. What are you carrying your brisket to, 212, 215? 
I start checking it at 210, and I never check it after that. Once once the alarm goes off, then it's just a feel, and I really couldn't tell you where it finishes, but I would guess 212, 213. I've seen some guys lately, um, and it's Mark Williams from Swan Life. You know Mark, right? Mm-hmm. He's been doing a lot of testing, and he, he's, he's come a long way, you know, uh, in the last few years of, of looking to the scientific end of barbecue. His, his, his beef rub is pretty damn good. His beef rub is pretty damn good. Um, Play with, with all steaks. And, and I may be telling you this wrong, but he's got a theory about brisket. When it only climbs a degree in so many minutes, and then it waits and it goes, it takes longer than that to do it, it's done. And I can't remember what the minute climb is or whatever well, when it gets to a certain temp. When it, when it gets to a point that it's just kind of holding and it hold and longer it holds there before it moves, you better be. I can't you remember. Better be on top of four it. or five minutes, whatever it is, whatever the stage is. But it slows down enough that you can sit there and watch it on your timer, and you think that's it. No, it well, don't do that. It climbs the grease. So you set the timer again. I had a brisket one time, and it was a snake river. This was back when I was starting, and that uh, gum thing got to like one ninety two and just didn't budge for two hours, and I'm getting kind of panicky and i went ahead and opened it up to check it shit it was done i'd never guess pulling a wagyu brisket at 192 but i did that day i mean depending but, on what time now we were, we were in we were at elevation too yeah i mean all, all that really matters well you know the one thing when i ask you did you have any you know what'd you do outside of barbecue this and that uh Where's playing cards coming to mix? You didn't mention that. <laughs> I think I interrupted him when I asked about his team name. I didn't let him finish. Well, back in 2010, I started playing poker pretty hot and heavy and did that up through 13, 14. Uh, I was paying all of our bills at home on my poker playing because I had just bought mom and dad out at the trucking company and I wasn't drawing a salary. So that was where I was making my money and I was playing cards three and four nights a week or every other weekend I was either going to Tunica, Biloxi, or Vegas or Atlantic City to go play cards. Playing cards has been good for us. It's paid for a lot of things in our lives. Basement, paved driveway, my wife's <laughs> horse, a couple of cook trailers. So I mean, you can't beat that. You know, I guess one of my last – well, I don't know. I'd have to follow that up with another question. So – I I mean, what's your favorite casino to go play cards at out of all those destinations and cities? Probably the one that I play at the most is the Beau Rivage in Biloxi. You know, it's a five-and-a-half-hour drive. I can be there, and they run some really good tournaments. And back in 2012, I won the million-dollar heater down there, or finished fifth place in the million-dollar heater down there. Had some good paydays, Uh, and it was really funny. You know, my mom, you've met her. Uh, wonderful, wonderful woman. You know, she would always was not a fan of me playing cards. Thought it was the devil's work. And uh, we were down there playing the million dollar heater. And I told her, I said, Mom, I need you to go to the office and cover for me tomorrow morning. I'm not going to be home because I'm going to be on the final table. And I said, you can follow it online and watch our progress and see what's happening. Told her where to go look. And she'd done a search. And at the time, I came up in the top 100 poker players in the world. And when I got home, she says, I never knew you were that good. She says, I don't guess I have to worry about you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I you know, uh, me and Candace have been to the casino with you before. And, uh, yeah, you are a really good card player. I, I got to give it to you. You are. And, uh, I mean, I love playing cards, too. Uh, 
and Candace knows what I'm about to say. I'm a huge Baccarat's player. Uh, <laughs> love that. Candace likes it too. Well, we haven't played that. In a we long haven't time, played though. it in a long time. Uh, they used to have some hell of some tables at Tunica here. And, that, um, that casino's gone though. Yeah, it was at the Grand there. Mm-hmm. And oh, that's uh, Harris. 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 Yeah. Harris. I, like I mean, Harris. in the day, that was the place to yeah. go. It was a good casino. It, it was I, great. I feel I feel sad when I go to Tunica now. I'll just no. leave oh, it at that. It, it, is, it is sad. <laughs> it's very you know, different than mm-hmm. what it used to be. Gambling's not like it used to. It's kind of, you know what I mean, is it ruined it by putting it everywhere. I, I mean, just You just can't beat Vegas, though. You can't. Yeah, Vegas... It's Vegas. different. And, and not just for gambling, but I mean, but it's Vegas, just everything. Vegas, you have so many shows and great places. For mm-hmm. a foodie, ve- man, oh, Vegas man. You is can a never place to go, go everywhere. It's oh just so gosh. much. It is so much fun out it's, in Vegas. It's, yeah. The one thing I haven't got to do, because Heath will never go, but one day I'm going to make it to the Mob Museum. Mm-hmm. That's my thing. I'd we've go. Done, we've, we've, just, we've done that downtown. Have you done it? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we usually stay downtown when we go, actually. And we'll we'll make the venture over to the Strip, but yeah, we, we prefer to stay downtown. We generally strip. stay on the Strip because uh, we go out every couple of years for Melissa's Veterinary Conference. Yeah. And that was where I really learned Started. my poker uh, 30 years ago. She had gone to class that morning. There was a seat open on a seven-card stud table. And I had sat down with $100. Because back then, my gambling budget was $100 a day. And uh, she came back from class nine hours later, and I cashed out. I had $104. And I had sat there and played all day. And I had been up as much as about 160 and down to about 55 And uh, But that was where my card playing and playing poker started. It was back then, 30 years ago. Wow. I don't, I'd have to think back. I can't remember how much money I've actually won. It's not been a lot. Probably nothing compared to Carrie. Nothing compared to Carrie. I mean, I've won a few thousand dollars, you know, playing cards at a time. I'm not a slot machine person where you win mega. No, I'm not a slot person at all. Hell, that's a 10% advantage to the house right there before you ever start. I'm I'm not a big gambler anyways. I did play Baccarat's with you, but I I just go to drink. I'm not going to lie. I like to drink. I love the shows. Occasionally. Uh, I like shows and and, and, and all that. And and you generally Mm. get great meals. Matter of fact, I went to the steakhouse last night. Had a 22-ounce bone-in ribeye and mushrooms. Damn, it was good. <laughs> you know, that makes me think. Uh, did you go to the same steakhouse? Yeah, I did. Did you get the calamari? Did no, you get the, I didn't. God, that was so good I can't that have that on my diet now. Oh. It's just proteins. Uh, so was, I had the... Remember the calamari, yeah. though? It had, like, it was well, that, an that, odd that, version of yeah, it, but it was calamari. It was oysters. It, it, we had oh, oysters with, with blue uh, cheese. Blue cheese Buffalo. and... Uh, no. Brussels sprouts. Yes. Brussels sprouts. That's it was right. Brussels sprouts, have, oysters, um, and blue cheese, and it was did it, phenomenal. Did it have no banana peppers? Mm-mm. Maybe it's the Brussels sprouts. I yeah, was it was mistaken. Brussels sprouts, blue cheese. It was the blue cheese, on though. On a fried was, oyster. Gotcha, was, I was confused. And it was freaking phenomenal. It was, it was very, very, very good. Wow. Well, you know, talking about food, talking about cards, I just have one more question. If you had to choose between barbecue or playing cards, what would it be? That's a good mm. question. My wife's going to say cards right there. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, Carrie, I appreciate you coming on today. And, you know, it's been great talking to you and catching up. And uh, let's go kick some tail this weekend at this contest down the road, all right? Hey, I'm good with that. Cheers, brother. <laughs> Have a good one. We'll catch y'all next time on Shooting the Q. Right. We'll see y'all next week. Thank you for tuning in to the Shooting the Q podcast. If you have any comments or suggestions for future episodes, please feel free to reach out to us on our social media channels or through our website. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on your favorite platform. Leave us a review if you enjoyed the show. Until next time, keep shooting the cue.